Day two, mourning the loss of Kobe Bean Bryant here in the sports pan on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad you're along this Tuesday afternoon. We'll get to Northern Michigan Tuesdays here in a little bit, and that'll come in the back end of our show. We'll have some coaches' audio. We will get to the Super Bowl 54 preview. But I tell you what, this has been on my mind, as I'm sure it has been for a lot of you, the legacy that Kobe Bryant is leaving behind and his impact on not just basketball, but on this earth. And that just continues to weigh on me, and that's why I wanted to talk through it with you guys today here in our opening segment of the Sports Pen. We all went through that state of disbelief together Sunday afternoon where we're just waiting for these rumors to be dispelled, like this can't actually be true. And then we slowly realized it was, and we went through a state of mourning, and and we're still going through that. Yesterday, I don't know that I had the right words here in the sports pen. I apologize for that because this was a cultural icon, somebody that I grew up watching dominate, become invincible. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why this tragedy is hitting me harder than others, harder than a lot of other celebrity deaths, probably than any other death of somebody that I've never met. And I think there are three big reasons. The more that I think about this, the more time I have to process what happened and let my heart and head emotions catch up to it, the more it becomes a little bit more clear. I think I have more clarity than I did yesterday, and I'm going to lay out for you the three biggest reasons why this is impacting me so much, and I'm sure there's going to be someone in the audience who can relate. The first being something that I touched on during yesterday's show. And that's the fact that Kobe, somebody who during his prime was maybe the most unstoppable force in basketball. During that time, during the early 2000s, the Lakers absolutely were the most unstoppable force in the NBA. Winning three consecutive titles, despite the rumored rift between Shaq and Kobe, which turned out to be true, and then they amended that. Despite all that, they were an absolutely unstoppable force. And Kobe, I think it might have been during the 01 conference finals. They were playing Indiana, and Kobe just took over a game where Shaq fouled out, and it kind of made you think, this is a guy who can absolutely take over a game, just be unstoppable. And that's exactly what Kobe was throughout his career. Invincible, unstoppable, superhuman. He was less than a god, but more than a man. That's the way a lot of us felt about Kobe Bryant. If you watched him growing up playing basketball throughout the years. And I guess we fooled ourselves into thinking that can translate into real life. That we don't think of somebody like Kobe. The way we wouldn't think of someone like Pat Mahomes as mortal. Or Derek Jeter as mortal. Because as athletes we watched how unstoppable they were and or are. And you never think that somebody like that could truly be stopped, could truly fall victim to something the way that Kobe Bryant did, to something that could happen to any of us. It could have been anybody on that helicopter. It was not exclusive to Kobe, and it wouldn't have been exclusive to anybody else. Kobe could have died the same way as somebody who had a two-year career in Europe. It didn't matter how unstoppable they were on the basketball floor. And I guess we all know that. We know that based on common sense. But to see it actually happen, to see it come into existence, that's a whole different ballgame. 
I think that's where part one of the big shot came. Part two was who he was accompanied by. His daughter, her two teammates, and several other people with still a lot to live for. A lot left to impact the world with. And that kind of leads me into part three as well. Because you think about Kobe just at 41 years old. What he still could have done. His basketball career was over, but his life... It was just getting started. Everything that he was doing beyond basketball, his children's charities, it was just getting started. You had no plans of Kobe going anywhere for at least 30 years. So for me, parts two and three is how it happened. His daughter, being a good father, taking her to her game, hanging out with her teammates, flying them in. That's that's what we all strive to be, isn't it? Be a good parent. Or if you're not a parent... To have that kind of relationship with your parent. The relationship that Kobe and Gianna had. And for them to have that relationship and their lives end the way it did continues to make you feel less safe and more vulnerable. Because Kobe died shielding his daughter in the final moments of their lives as that helicopter went down. And I think that's what we all would want to do if we were in that situation is be the guy that Kobe was to his daughter. Be the father that Kobe was in the final moments. And then leading into part three. Kobe was just 41. His basketball career was over. But he had so much left to live for. He had his daughters growing up. Gianna, of course, wanted to go play at UConn. UConn had an exhibition game last night against Team USA. They left a seat on the bench open for They left the number two jersey. That was the number that she wore. When she was playing for Kobe's team, they left the UConn number two jersey over the empty seat in honor of her. Kobe still had a lot more to offer this world. And I think of other celebrity deaths, other people who have impacted my life, who I've been fans of. And I mentioned a few yesterday. I thought of Muhammad Ali. And, you know, he was a cultural icon. He was a great man. But you knew it was coming. You had time to mentally prepare for it. You knew he lived a long, full life. He was in pain. And you knew that was coming. You think about guys like Michael Jackson, Prince. How about Dennis Hopper? I mean, even the actor. I know that's uh, probably over a decade ago. But I liked him. I mean, Hoosier's one of my favorite movies. And yeah, I was sad when they all died. Because they were all cultural icons and great people. And while they may have been, you know, fairly young, I mean, Dennis Hopper, maybe not, but the other two, it seemed like they went before their time. While I was sad about them leaving, their passing, they never gave me that unstoppable feeling that I got when I watched Kobe. I don't know if that's callous to say. I don't intend it to be. I'm being real with you here. As that, yeah, I enjoyed watching Prince or Michael Jackson perform. But to me, they were never the unstoppable force that Kobe was when I saw them in a professional light. And I didn't know them any other way. I didn't know them any other way. The only way I knew Kobe was as unstoppable. And when you see someone like that finally get stopped, that's why it rocks you so much. I mean, you think about George Bush Sr., Barbara Bush, cultural icons, but you knew that was coming. Were they great people? Absolutely. But you knew that it was coming. You had time to mentally prepare. 
And that's why I tell you what, just nothing that I've experienced in my lifetime, and I'm sure that's the same for a lot of you, for all the same reasons, can compare to Kobe's death and the lasting impact that it's leaving on you. Now, bar none, the hardest death I've ever had to get over, whether I knew them or not, celebrity or family member, the hardest death I ever had to get over was that of my paternal grandfather about four years ago, September of 2015. And I tell you what, he was an outstanding, wonderful man. I miss him every day. And I, I would have selfishly liked for him to have stayed on this earth longer, to know him longer. But he was in pain, he was suffering, and he w- I tell you what, he was tough. I mean, he was tough. He hung on longer than he probably should have. And I, I was thankful that he did because I loved him and I still love him very much. I just, I'm happy that his pain is healed. I'm happy that his pain was healed. So do I wish that it wouldn't have happened? Would I selfishly wish that my grandfather could stay on this earth or that he would have stayed? Hell yeah, I do. I absolutely do. But in the same sense, am I comforted knowing that, you know, I truly believe that God used him for a life of service and God said that you've done enough for me here. It's time to come home, come be at rest, come heal your pain. Do I truly believe that? Absolutely, I do. And for that, I'm thankful. For that, I was able to take comfort. I knew that it was coming at some point, and I knew my grandfather lived a rich, fulfilling life. And that he was going to soon be at peace and free of pain. With Kobe Bryant, he had so much more that he was still yet to do. If Kobe was an old man, if he was 71 rather than 41, he had his lifetime of service. He saw his daughters grow up. He was able to keep doing his foundations and charities, most of which benefited kids. It would have been a lot different for me. It would have been so much easier to process. And it's never easy whenever a life is what we perceive to be cut short. It never is, no matter who it is or what they've done. But this guy was such a cultural icon that I knew is only one way. Invincible. Unstoppable. However you want to phrase it. That mob of mentality. If there was anybody among us that was seemingly indestructible, superhuman. That's who you think of. And to me, to have that reality shock, that reality check, that now all of us are mortal, all of us are human, no one is above mortality. We know that in the back of our minds. We know that. But to have that reality check come out and slap you in the face like it did, with the news of Kobe's passing, that was tough. And I believe that is why, for those three reasons, that is why Kobe's death has hit me harder than than any other death of somebody I've not known personally. It has been just an emotional last few days. I know all of us are kind of going through that, especially those of us up here in the UP, if we've been hit by the double whammy here in the last couple of days. And again... I ask that you offer your thoughts and prayers with everybody who's affected. Because like we've been mentioning, it's not just the Bryant family going through it. But it's the Altabellis, the Mausers, everybody else who was aboard that aircraft and their families. 
I tell you what, tonight's Lakers-Clippers game at Staples Center, if you missed this, has been postponed to a later date. The players, the staff, you know, they watched Kobe grow up as a kid. He came to them at age 17. They literally watched him grow up. And that, I'm sure, would have just been gut-wrenching for all of them to come back to work. Not just the players, but the employees at Staples Center, the Lakers employees, and try to pretend that they were okay to go through and go about their jobs on a normal basis. So that has been postponed to a later date to be determined. With that, let's take our first time out. We'll talk a little Super Bowl after this here on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're along. Super Bowl 54 coming up this Sunday. Did you come here for analysis, insight, what to watch for? You've come to the wrong place. (laughs) I tell you what, what I've got here for you this segment as we get you ready for Super Bowl Sunday, I've got a list of prop bets not just any bland prop bet like is pat mahomes gonna throw for 300 yards or more yes or no what's the over under for that no we got some fun prop bets and i tell you what if you're into getting a little money down for super bowl sunday this is the segment for you because these are real odds that i'm going to give you for several prop bets that you can look for on Super Bowl Sunday. You could cash in on these if you head down to Escanaba, you go wherever that gambling is legal. I don't know if it is fully here in Michigan yet. I know it is down in Esky. Maybe you're in Vegas for the weekend. You're listening on the ESPN-UP app. I tell you what, these are real odds brought to you by oddshark.com. I mean, these are going to be real things that happen on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to give you the over-under on several of these things as we get you set here on Super Bowl week. Let's jump right into it because we got quite a few to get to here in this segment. Number one, oh look, they're coming, they're coming in hot with this list from Odd Shark. Number one, how many times will President Trump tweet on Super Bowl Sunday? Right now, the over/under is set at fourteen. The under is negative one seventy. So right now, the odds are that President Trump will tweet less than fourteen times on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know if that counts retweets or what. They didn't specify, but right now the under on 14 tweets from Donald Trump on Super Bowl Sunday is set at 170. The over is plus 130. How about will the winning team attend the White House celebration after the fact? Right now the odds say yes at 400 to 1 odds. The no is set at plus 250. So right now the odds would be that the winning team will visit the White House and get honored after the game. Will Nike release a commercial with Colin Kaepernick during the Super Bowl? The overwhelming odds, according to Bavoda Casino, says no. At 3,500 to 1 odds, the yes, if you want to go that route, is at plus 900. So if you want to bet against the odds there, that is a large risk, but large reward if they go for it. Which commercial will appear first, Audi or Porsche, during the Super Bowl broadcast? Right now, the odds say Porsche at 140 to 1. Those are the best odds. There's not really a gimme with either option here. Right now, the Audi line is set at even. It's just even. Right now, Porsche is the favorite to be shown ahead of Audi. I don't know how they determine that or how you possibly get odds from that, but that's the inside track. If you're looking for it, that's from Bavoda Casino. Which commercial will appear first, Cheetos or Heinz Ketchup? Now, Pat Mahomes, you would think, Heinz, you know, he's a ketchup guy. 
And it is Heinz. Heinz is right now at 160 to 1 odds. They are the favorite to be shown first instead of Cheetos. They're set at plus 120 as far as odds go. Which commercial will appear first, Coca-Cola or Pepsi? Right now the favorite is Pepsi. At negative 140, Coca-Cola's line is even. So if you're looking to bet the safe bet, Pepsi. Their commercial is going to be shown ahead of Coca-Cola, according to Bavada Casino. Whose campaign commercial will appear first, Donald Trump or Michael Bloomberg? Right now, the odds say Trump at 310 to 1 odds. Michael Bloomberg, that bet is at plus 205. Which commercial will appear first, Mountain Dew or Toyota? That line is even. They are both set at negative 115. So there is no winner if you go between Mountain Dew or Toyota. As of right now, the line's subject to change by Sunday, so keep an eye on that. Which commercial will appear first, New York Life or TurboTax? Right now it's New York Life at negative 290. TurboTax plus 190. Which commercial will appear first, Pop-Tarts or Doritos? Right now, the odds say Doritos at negative 250. Pop-Tarts are at 170 to 1 odds. That's enough of those commercial bets. Let's move on to a few individual prop bets. Which coach will be mentioned first during the television broadcast after kickoff? So basically, which coach, once the game gets underway, is going to be the first one to be mentioned? Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan? Who are Joe and Troy going to talk about first? Right now, the odds say Andy Reid. At 155, Kyle Shanahan opens at 115 to 1 odds. What color Gatorade will be poured on the game-winning coach? Now, here you've got your choices of lime green or yellow, orange, blue, red, purple, or clear slash water. Right now, according to Bavoda Casino, the winning coach, his Gatorade shower will be the color red at 125 to 1 odds, followed by lime green slash yellow at 250. That, again, according to Bavoda Casino. Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his post-game speech? The options are teammates, family or family member, his city, the coach, the owner, or God. Right now, the odds, according to Bavota Casino, say his teammates at 115 to 1 odds, followed by God at 250. Will Joe Buck and Troy Aikman mention the point spread or the total during the broadcast? The odds say no. That one surprised me a little bit. Right now, the odds say no at negative 230. The yes option is set at 160 to 1 odds. Will a fan run onto the field during the game? Right now, Bavoda sets the odds at no. At negative 1200, the yes option set at 550 to 1 odds. Will any player be arrested in Miami after the game? Right now, the overwhelming favorite says no. That's according to Bet Online, by the way, at negative 2,000 to 1 odds. Yes says plus 750. Will Joe and Troy accidentally say Patriots during the Super Bowl broadcast? The odds say yes, according to Bet Online. Uh, that's a good bet. If you, I might, oh, I don't know. I'm not into it. I shouldn't say that on air, but that's a good bet. Right now, you can make some money. If professionals, two guys at the top of their game, Joe and Troy, accidentally mention the New England Patriots, or they don't mention it, I should say, because the odds say yes at negative 270. So if they don't do it, 
and you put down $180 because the no option is set at plus 180, you could be making some money as long as Joe and Joy don't accidentally say Patriots during the broadcast on Super Bowl Sunday. That line, according to Bet Online. The largest wager taken by a Nevada sports book. Right now, the odds are even at both over and under $2 million. $2 million apparently is the line right now, according to Nevada sports books. How about some cross sports bet? Which total is going to be higher? The number of catches for George Kittle in that game, San Francisco tight end, arguably the best player in football, he is according to Pro Football Focus, or the total number of goals scored in the Penguins-Capitals NHL game that will occur earlier that day. Both odds are set at negative 120. Which will be higher? Will George Kittle have more receptions than the Penguins and Capitals will combine for goals? Right now, the odds are even according to Bet Online. How about which will be higher? George Kittle plus Travis Kelsey receiving yards or the point total from that day's Georgetown-St. John's college basketball game. The odds say Georgetown-St. John's at negative 11. Plus 11 for Kittle and Kelsey. Total number of receiving yards. Which will be higher, according to Bet Online? James Harden's point total against the Pelicans in their game earlier that afternoon or the total number of points scored before halftime during the Super Bowl. The odds say Harden's point total against the Pelicans, which, by the way, is set at negative 8. The odds are set at negative 140. If the Super Bowl teams outscore James Harden and his game total against the Pelicans, if they outscore him in the first half of the Super Bowl and you put down $100, uh, you could be making quite a bit of money, according to Bet Online. Let's see, what else do we have here as far as Super Bowl prop bets? How about this one from Bet Online? Which will be higher after Super Bowl 54? Pat Mahomes' passing yards or George Brett's number of career home runs, which is 317? Will Pat Mahomes have 317 yards during Super Bowl 54? Will he pass for 317 yards, I should say? Or will George Brett have a higher number of home runs? Right now, the odds say George Brett. At negative 140 is where the odds are set. I might take Mahomes in that one. Can Mahomes go over 317? It's against that defense, but it's only a plus 100 odds. That might be worth it. How about this one? Which will be a higher number? The total number of points the 49ers will score during the Super Bowl or the total number of tweets from Donald Trump on Super Bowl Sunday. According to Bet Online, the Niners are going to score more points then Donald Trump will tweet on Super Bowl Sunday with the odds at negative 190. That's easy money to me. I mean, that just seems like easy money. I mean, the Niners are going to get, I, I would say they're probably going to get somewhere between the 17 to 20 range, something like that, maybe even into the 20, 17 to 24. I mean, we know how prolific our president is on Twitter. Even I don't think he's going to be on Twitter 24 times during Super Bowl Sunday. He's got football to watch, and he's got a country to run. I don't know, but... I. I, that seems like easy money to me. The Niners at negative 190 odds that they will score more points than President Trump will tweet on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, how about this one here to close it out? Which will be higher? Pat Mahomes rushing yards, only rushing yards during the Super Bowl, or how many saves Carey Price, Montreal Canadiens goaltender, will record during their game on Sunday? 
Will Carey Price have more saves, or will Pat Mahomes have more rushing yards on Sunday? This is an interesting one, because Bet Online right now has the odds dead even, at negative 120 for both, that Carey Price and Pat Mahomes are going to have the same number of saves and rushing yards, respectively. Tell you what, I might... Uh, I don't know, that's tough. That's tough, it really is. If I'm feeling dangerous, I might pick Mahomes there. That's not the safe one, but then again... Who knows, maybe he has another of those runs like he did on Championship Sunday. Those are real prop bets according to oddshark.com. You can make some real money if you pick those prop bets correctly. You go to your nearest casino and you hammer those. Tell you what, this show's not liable, but those are real coming up for Super Bowl Sunday. Hope that got you primed for the big game on Sunday. Let's take our next time out. When we come back, we'll play some Northern Michigan audio from Today's press conference next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad you're along as we get into the back half of our show. And I tell you what, Tuesdays are always Northern Michigan Tuesdays. Tuesdays are press conference days on campus. We get to talk with coaches, get their thoughts on their weekend and what their week looks like coming up. So I've got some audio for you regarding hockey as well as men's and women's basketball. You will hear from all three of those coaches over the course of the back half of our hour. But first, your Sports Center update. The Houston Astros have hired Dusty Baker as their next manager. I'm conflicted on this one because Dusty is a great guy. He's always been known as one of the good guys in baseball, and he has been a winner everywhere he's gone despite taking over struggling franchises. He turned San Francisco around. He turned Washington around, turned the Cubs around. Now he inherits an actual good team or a team in a position to win because they have everybody back from last year's 107-win team minus Garrett Cole. They're still going to dominate and probably win that division. That being said, he's old school. And compared to where they were with heavy analytics, albeit some cheating too with A.J. Hinch, they're going the old school route with Dusty Baker. That being said, I'm happy for Dusty as he gets the job in Houston. More baseball, according to Jim Bowden and Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. The idea of Major League Baseball's National League adopting the designated hitter is gaining momentum. Bowden and Rosenthal report that several general managers in the National League are in favor of adopting a universal DH and that it could happen as soon as 2022, when the current collective bargaining agreement expires. How about that? I've been in favor of that for a long time. I want the Universal GH. I grew up an American League guy. It's just more fun seeing it that way. A lot better to manage, too. I'm hoping that happens. And finally, the Vatican Bank is the only bank in the world with an ATM machine that allows users to perform transactions in Latin. That is your Sports Center update. Glad that you're along per usual. Northern Michigan Tuesdays here on ESPN UP. Let's start with hockey. We'll get into basketball in our final segment. But it was a good weekend for the Northern Hockey Squad as they move into third place in the WCHA. They went technically 1-0-1, a win and a tie in Alaska. They did pick up the extra conference point in a shootout on Friday night, even though it goes down as a tie in the record books. Northern quote-unquote ties Friday night 5-4 to four, and then wins 4-2 to two on Saturday. So they get five of six possible points this weekend in Fairbanks and they jump the Nanooks to get into third place in the conference with Ferris State coming up this weekend, still trailing Minnesota State and Bemidji in the conference race. Coach Grant Petoni recap the team's weekend. It's a tough trip in its own right, but 
you rewind a little bit and you're at Bowling Green, then you're home, then you're at Cornell, then you're at Alaska. Um, you know, with the travel schedule, uh, practices have not been um, easy to come by. Um, special teams have really kind of taken the burden of that, and um, they've not been swept um, at home in the league. So to get five or six from them, um, especially the effort on Saturday. I mean, I I thought Friday we played okay, uh, but made plays and executed when we had to. Uh, Saturday, I thought we were, was one of our best games of the year. Um, you know, it's a five o'clock start, uh, long travel, um, all kinds of things going against you. And um, to when the game started, I was looking over my left shoulder the whole time because the puck was in their end. And that's a good feeling for a coach. Penalties have been a concern for Northern throughout the year, and there were some costly ones that came at some really inopportune times for them this weekend. Hank's got a suspension. Um, that's his third five, so he's suspended from the league, so he's not playing Friday. Um, that's a concern. Um, it cost us the game on 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 Friday. I mean, we should have won the game, but, um, you know, they scored two power play goals, and we scored zero, so... It, at some point, and it might be this weekend, um, players just aren't going to play. Like, you're not, what, whatever I've said to you has not gotten through. So um, just at some point, you just can't play him. Coach has been very open about the struggles from his power play. He was asked if that got any better this weekend. Yes, because they scored the game winning goal on Saturday. Um, you know, two different, completely different units from night to night. Um, you know the, and they might be different again. Um, you know, it, it was an important part of the game. Um, guys had obviously they they know when we're not scoring, and and it's been talked about. And you know, maybe that can do some detriment at overtime. You know, at first it gets your attention, but if it continues, it can become a detriment. And um, you know, got kind of the monkey off our back scoring that goal. Darian Craighead was named forward of the week by the WCHA. He reached the 100 career point threshold this weekend. Coach was asked, is this kind of a breaking out party for him this season? Is this something that's been a long time coming? Even since the break, almost every game, um, he's played hard, really hard. Um, He doubled his goal totals in eight games is what he had through the first part of the year. Um, You know, that line's kind of, that was our only line on Friday that played well, Volt and Craighead and, and Vanderbeck. And then, you know, Saturday, um, they come out and it's the same type of thing again. And, and it's not just offensively from Darian. You know, he's back-checking, he's forward-checking. Um, he's a productive member of the line. He's he's not just waiting around for a puck and, and using his ability. He's creating things for himself and, more importantly, other people. Well, now Northern finally a chance to get back home. They take on Ferris State this weekend. Ferris obviously struggling. Coach gave us his thoughts on the upcoming series. They, they owned Shot Tech on Friday and they beat them on Saturday. And um, you know that you don't don't talk a lot about standings till this part of the year. But um, you know we're in a position where we got two games in hand on on the league, with the exception of Bowling Green, uh, four games on Alaska, and you're chasing Bemidji. You know they're um, they're up on you if you win your games by by one point. So you know we we got to find a way to you know we gained two on them last weekend. Um, you know we got to keep winning and and hope that um, some other people can knock them a little bit and um, and keep closing that gap. So when they come here and 
um, you know, mid-February, that's the series that might decide second place. Ferris being where they are in the conference and the conference being as tight as it is, especially up top, Coach was asked, do you feel any pressure to get all six points against Ferris this weekend? 100%. I don't pressure is the wrong word, but um, we're at home. And we we playing better at home than we were to start the year. But for two years, we were almost unbeatable here. And, um, you know, we got to get back to that. And um, if you want, A, like, if you want to finish where you want to finish, you got to win your games. And, you know, no different than any other league or, you know, when you look at the standings in any league, Hockey East, DCAC, Big Ten, NCHC, the, the teams at the top, they got very few losses. And, you know, so they're winning their games at home and on the road. And, um, you know, we got to win them both. Right now, Northern is 15th in the latest pairwise rankings. you got to be top 16 to make the NCAA tournament, barring if there's any automatic qualifier that sneaks in outside the top 16. He was asked, do you pay much attention to that at this point in the year? I think it's a sign of where we're going. Um, you know, we have, you know, a month and a half of the season left, you know, to solidify that position, to, to, to be honest, to get to 12. You know, 12 would get you in. Um but it kind of goes hand in hand. Like if, if you finish second in this league um, with what we did outside the league, I, I think you put yourself in a position if you have some success in the playoffs that, um, that you could be a team that's right there in the end. Northern Michigan hockey head coach Grant Patoni from his weekly presser earlier today. The Cats get set to take on Ferris State at the Barry Event Center this weekend. Coming up, we've still got basketball audio for you. Troy Matson and Matt Mackerzak sat down with the media. Those interviews next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any today's show, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen Podcast. You can get it from our mobile app. You can get it from the Apple App Store or Google Play or look up ESPNUP.com and check out the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad you're along as we wind down this Tuesday afternoon. Get into our evening. I've got Northern Michigan basketball audio for you. Both that of Troy Matson and the women's team and Matt Mackerzak and the men's. Let's start on the women's side of things, though, where they split this week's slate of games, winning against Davenport and then falling against Grand Valley, both on the road this weekend. Troy Matson summed up the weekend for the Wildcats. We're trying to survive injuries. Let's put it that way. We're pretty depleted right now. And then Amber Hubner got extremely sick to the point where, if you know Amber, she's 100% go. And she actually said to us before the Grand Valley game, Coach, I don't know if I can play. He said, you have no option. Sorry to tell you. Um... No, we, I mean, we went into Davenport, they're, you know, they're starving for a win. Um, nice to see them get it on Saturday against Michigan Tech. And uh, they're a team that averages 77 points a game. Uh, we held them on their home court to 42. And uh, it was a struggle, it was a battle all night long. Uh, we were behind most of the night. And uh, fortunately for us, uh, we played well coming down the stretch of the game. And, Got enough separation to pull away. I thought Aaron and Jessica are just playing like seniors are supposed to play. They've been complete studs out there in every single game since about Christmas on down. Aaron's had a great year all year. And uh, really, really proud of them. Uh, turn around and play the number three team in the country. And Kaylee Kuhn goes down in the first play of the game, basically, and can't return. 
Amber can hardly even lift her head off the bench. And our guard situation is in total chaos. And I tell you what, these girls fought the whole night long. Couldn't be more proud of them. Uh, tied at the end of the first quarter, 11-11. Uh, had a bad scoring quarter in the second where they held us to four and they got a little actually it was only a seven point lead with about 40 seconds left in the half and they made a big three and then they got a basket right at the buzzer of the half which was five big points for them to get it to 12 we fought like crazy in the third quarter got it to six points Aaron Hunkler was awesome uh, Emily Miller was awesome they couldn't handle them in the post got it cut to six and again right before the end of the third quarter they made two big plays to get it to 11 or else it could have been a real battle coming down the stretch and they made a couple of plays early in the fourth quarter got separation from us but we fought we fought all weekend um, we fought injuries fought sickness and then we fought on the court and I'm very proud of that so with the battle of attrition that the Wildcats are fighting are they starting to get back to full strength no Amber could not practice yesterday she had to go home uh, she has the flu extremely bad and I hope to see her today um, Michaela Kuhn, chances are she probably won't play this weekend. Uh, who knows? Uh, she saw the doctor yesterday, and it's, uh, we don't know. Um, I'm not counting on her, let's put it that way. Um, she wasn't able to practice yesterday. And uh, so, and Liz Lutz is having surgery uh, as soon as the season's over in March on her ankle for the second time. And uh, she's giving us everything she can out on the court. She can only, she can't practice, so. Of my three guards, they can't practice, and uh, we can't practice. So uh, we shoot a little bit and watch a little film and try to prepare for the game. Well, now you've got Saginaw Valley and then Northwood coming up this week. Coach previewed this weekend's slate of games for us. Yeah, I, I mean, Saginaw, and it's just not us, you know, that's injured and sick. I, I watched Creighton play Butler on Sunday, uh, like my best friends that head coach at Butler and Creighton comes out with their three best players aren't playing um, they're tied for second in the league and they got eight people and I swear to God the eighth person was the manager putting a uniform so it's just not us um, Saginaw also lost two major players and one recently uh, they actually lost one in the game up here their center and then they lost one of their wing players so it's just not us. So they're banged up and they're beat up too. And and uh, we need to go down there and uh, play well. Uh, I, if Jessica and Aaron can stay healthy and um, we can get our guards out on the court to be productive, um, we'll have chances to win every single night because defensively we've been really tough on people. And uh, those two seniors have just been carrying us. And... Uh, they just need a little bit of help, and we're not quite getting it, but we just need a little bit of help out there. So with the health situation going on with Northern, has that given other players a chance to step up and take on some new roles? We're not going to surprise anybody. We have to be able to make shots around Aaron and Jess. If we can just get people to make some shots, um, it's going to open up the middle for us to let them be a little bit more effective. I'm just so worried that they're going to send every they've been putting everybody in there and they're still been productive but if we can get a little production on the outside so we can get a little bit more scoring because our defense has been awesome i mean we we're holding teams sometimes 25 30 points under their average and even grand valley um i mean they only scored 56 or 57 points we just can't produce points right now um 
enough from the outside, uh, and that's our biggest goal right now. Is some some people need to step up and make shots because they're open. We also have five games out of the last seven at home after this weekend. So this weekend's really huge for us. Can we put ourselves in position to really keep us interested in trying to win the North? And um, we have an opportunity. I mean, uh, these are two teams that are probably in the same boat as us, and uh, we need to uh, be able to be productive on the road. I just told our administration and uh, all the coaches, if we play well, if we play well enough to win these two road games, this is unbelievable, but we're either going to be one game or tied for first place in the North because the teams that are ahead of us have to play Ashland at Ashland and at Wayne State, and Grand Valley's going over to play Parkside, and that's just not a good matchup. I mean, they're number three in the country. We're going to be right in the mix. You know, I'm just trying to keep all the bandages on us here to make sure that we're able to uh, put people out there that can help us on the court, and that's the hardest thing right now. Coach was asked about some of the bench players and the opportunity to give them some more playing time and if they've made the most of it. I, I've been going in there. <laughs> I mean, Andrea Perez, I played, and Derek, I heard him on the radio last night. She played well. You know, she, Grand Valley is really hard to play against, and I, she played over 20 minutes. And it's the first time she's really gotten a chance this year. Um, we're going to look at her to help us. She's very talented. Uh, she's only a freshman. You know, the whole coming from Spain to here and the style of play has been just completely upside down for her. And uh, she's learning, but she is a very talented person. And um, hopefully she can give us a little production out there. I think she's ready to. You know, getting Amber back would be a big plus. You know, I, I got to see how she looks today, and I don't know if McKaylee's going to be able to get back soon enough for us to use her this weekend. So, hopefully, all that happens. As Northern Michigan women's basketball head coach Troy Matson, his team splitting this week's slate of games as they take on Saginaw and Northwood this week. Well, let's switch to the men's side of things with Matt Mackerzak. A great week for his squad. As you heard yesterday, he was on the show. You can hear that interview on demand in yesterday's podcast. But he recapped his weekend with wins over Davenport and Grand Valley. It was one of those weeks where, um, you know, it starts out, Troy tears his ACL um, on the second play of the game, and we get down 16-6, to six and, um, you know, I think we're all feeling bad for Troy probably more than anything else, and, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of already facing a tough weekend, and you're going, oh, this is great, great start, this isn't going well, and then it seemed like after that everything kind of went our way as we played, um, I thought, our best game of the season against Davenport. Um, they're a really good team, and uh, we came back and got a pretty sizable lead where it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't, we weren't sweating down the stretch in that one, and um, I think they're one of the best teams in the league, and we just played really, really well, kind of our typical game where we were tough and defended and made it ugly and, and made enough shots to win and then you, you celebrate and that was probably our our happiest locker room I think we've had all year even including tech just because I felt like we we felt like we kind of earned that one um, and there wasn't a whole lot of luck involved and we outplayed them and then you go play Grand Valley and you're already happy with the split and um, you have a huge crowd and they have the flannels going and uh, number 11 in the country and um, at halftime we, we went in and we're like, we're, 
we might be better than them today. We might not be better than them all the time, but today we, we might be quite a bit better than them. And um, I thought we played even better on Saturday and um, kind of controlled the game start to finish until the last minute and a half. I think we were up 13 with a minute and a half to go and um, really had played well offensively and defensively. And um, then, you know, what, what kind of happens when you're trying to knock out a, a, a top team in their place, they made a bunch of plays down the stretch, gave themselves a chance and had, you know, kind of a prayer at the buzzer. And as the ball was floating, I'm like, come on, this can't, this can't end this way. And um, it, it rims out and um, we go 2-0 on the weekend. So it was a lot of fun. Coach was asked about his team's mental toughness to be able to survive the runs that Grand Valley was throwing at him Saturday and get that top 25 victory on the road. Yeah, I think three separate times we'd, we'd get the lead up to 12, and then they'd cut it down. And um, one time really sticks out. I think they cut it to five with about six minutes to go. And uh, our guys came over to the bench and kind of smiled at him. I'm like, guys, look at the scoreboard. If you, I would have said you're up five with six minutes to go. You all would have been really, really happy about it. So let's not be too down about the fact that they're going to make some runs. And I think we came out of that and went on a 7-0 run ourselves. And um, it, it, the one thing that's been surprising about this group that, that probably shouldn't have been is just how steady they've been in the in the clutch and um, how unrattled they've been um, at the end of games. Um, it seems like now we've been in a bunch of those where we've you know, had leads go back and forth, which is the nature of basketball. And our guys have done a great job of just kind of staying poised. And that speaks to the fact we got usually three seniors and a junior who played a lot and won a lot in this league out on the floor. So I'm, it's mostly those guys just knowing what it takes to win. So Coach has Saginaw and Northwood, just like the women's side. The men are going to have it too coming up this week. Coach previewed both matchups for us as he tries to get revenge on both squads. I think similar to what the first weekend was, I think they're both going to be kind of tough, grinded out, low-scoring um, games. I, I don't think uh, we've gotten a lot better since the first weekend, but I also feel like now we're going to their place and playing on the road, and um, they're both teams that are they're much better at home than um, so I think we're going to have to play our best. And what I told our guys is we're, we're playing, we're not only playing Saginaw and Northwood, but we're playing the natural ability for a team to have a letdown after, you know, what, what's a great, great weekend. And so in some ways, I think, you know, we initially said that you can't let that weekend, that weekend has no bearing on this weekend. I don't even think that's true. It has a bearing, and the bearing's negative. Um, the, the natural inclination is to feel good about yourself to the point it, it hurts you. We got to take the confidence of knowing we can beat the best teams, but keep the chip of knowing we also can lose to some teams that aren't as good. So um, it'll be a tough weekend. Anytime you go on the road back to back, it's always it's always harder. Um, and both these teams are really tough and really gritty. Um, and so it might be low scoring, kind of back to us trying to grind one out. And I'd be okay with that. It's been a big week for Coach, not just for what happened on the floor, but maybe what's happened off of it. He got a brand new nickname, Matty Ice. Coach Knob of the Coach is, is a nickname guy. That's what we're finding out as the year progresses. Um, he's giving everyone nicknames, so um, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm next up on the, on the list. Uh, it came from the, the trick shot challenge that our girls coach did. Um, I was yelling at our guys in Alaska for doing the trick shot challenge on the day of the first game. Um, and then I got nominated the day of the second game, and I said, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I flipped up a shot on her hand and made it, and evidently that excited Coach Nava to the point where he decided Matty Ice was the name. I don't, I don't, Matt Ryan's pretty good, so I guess I'll take it. Coach was named Division II Coach of the Week this week. 
but he was humble about it, and he's a humble guy, and he chose to talk more about the team and their accomplishments instead. It was kind of fun to win an award like that, that to me is really a team award. I mean, it's a team of the week, and um, I told the guys after the game that no D2 team in the country had a better week than you. Um, I just don't think you could get any better than beating, you know, probably two of the 30, 35 best teams in the country on the road. So I just look at it as a great honor for our team um, to get recognized for what is a a really, really good weekend. Um, probably about as good a weekend as you can have just because you don't get the opportunity very often to go play two of the top teams on the road. So um, it was cool in that sense. Uh, it's been great for, you know, just some some stuff with recruiting and, and some recognition there, and I think that's important. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of a, it was kind of a fun cap to the weekend. That's Northern Michigan men's basketball head coach Matt Macker, Zach. His team getting a couple of huge wins this week as they get set to take on Saginaw Northwood this week. That should do it for our show. I appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. A reminder, I'm back on tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central, and it's my hope that you join me. Until then, signing off from ESPN-UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to the Sports Pen.